0: If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited. If you've been tuning in for the podcast for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we're really putting a lot of focus on it at the moment, and we want it to be the number one education podcast in the world for fitness professionals. So we're only bringing on the best possible guests out there. And the guest I have planned for this week, he's one of the top fitness educators in the world, I would say. He's an international fitness presenter, award-winning. Um, he's won the award, the, the, um, the best fitness educator in the whole of New Zealand. And he's not even from New Zealand, which is pretty cool. Um, and especially when it comes to the, the myofascial um, the training side of things, there's no one better in the world than, than the person I, I had planned for today. Uh, Now, unfortunately, that person couldn't make it, uh, but that's okay, because I've brought a a good friend of mine, (laughs) Tom J.P. Polly as a last-minute replacement. J.P., how are you?
1: (gasps) Oh, I'm feeling absolutely top of the world now you've given me such an amazing introduction. I (laughs) get to be an also-ran in the
0: world of fitness. (laughs) Uh, For those listening, J.P. is a good friend of mine. We have a bit of a banter. You know, I like to Um, tease him quite a bit and he tries to tease me back but he you know that not too successful at it Uh, but that intro was about him if you're curious and they are legitimate awards because he actually beat me in one of those awards I was a a finalist for the New Zealand one and and he beat me but I I kicked his ass the next year in the Australian award so uh, I think I win that one right JP?
1: Yeah kind of given that I didn't even enter the Australian one yeah we can say that I mean we were both entered into the other one that I did win but yeah well we'll leave it there yeah
0: um okay so uh, we're actually going to do two episodes with jp this week we're going to speak all about fascia and myofascial training next week we're going to speak all about recovery and specific recovery strategies in the modern world just before we get into that uh, i want to let everyone know jp's actually running a live workshop in two weeks time in melbourne on those two topics there I'll, i'll hand it over to him in a sec to to um let us know a little bit about that um Actually, no, I'll hand it over to you now. So what's going on, in Melbourne in a couple of weeks, JB?
1: Yeah, super excited to be returning to face-to-face training. Um, as you know, like online has been fantastic for all of us and we've all been able to maintain um, connection as well as upskilling through our online kind of out, you know, outlets here. But the, the thing that I know we're all missing is in-person training, in-person contact, in-person group stuff, and, and it's finally returning and I'm I'm over the moon to be doing that. I'm, I'm wanting to kick off with a, a couple of subjects really close to my heart. And of course, the thing about, look, you can do the online course, of course. Like that, that, that's why it's there, you know, to connect with it and you do it at your own pace and all the rest of it. But what, what do a lot of people do? They do buy it. I know I've got a course sitting at home right now that you buy it and, and it's a year old before you even know it. You still haven't taken it come along you can't not do it first of all like you're doing the course right because you're there you've turned up so that takes all of that out out the way for you number two people actual people you can try this stuff on and and then you can bond you can make connections you make professional connections as well as friendships um, through those you can ask questions like actually ask questions so like as it's coming along you can ask questions you can actually get some advice you can do what one of my favorite things ever to do is actually go down rabbit holes, which I, I, I literally oh, yeah, don't that, doesn't on say, that doesn't course. sound like you, JP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, and those rabbit holes can sometimes make the entire day, sometimes they are better than the course content because someone will ask a question and it'll send me off on a train of thought and it'll be so kind of meaningful for the whole kind of crew that are there um and then, we can have a lot more fun and banter too, because uh, you know, as you know an- education day with me isn 't complete unless we've had a few laughs and we've bonded over a, a a few little witticisms and and just just kind of silly things and inappropriate jokes and things like that because um what i've found and and what I've then studied to be true is that people actually learn better in in that environment as well in a in a, a light hearted um kind of a process some of the things that you remember is because you've had oh we we talked we did that funny joke about such and such at that point in time and they remember it better but also keeps them in the parasympathetic state and that's the learning state so there's there's a whole heap of kind of cool stuff um to to bond with but but really in in person you know energetically speaking even is much more uplifting than being in a room on your own, but yeah, I I stand by all the online education I've ever done. I think it's brilliant, but being in a room um, with the educator and, and realizing you can ask anything you want, and you can actually physically be doing it, get get technique corrections and all those things right there in front of your eyes, is pretty powerful.
0: Yes, I agree I'll put the link in the show notes but for everyone watching. If you're interested in checking it out, I'll put the link down in the show notes. It's a, a two day event. You can either attend. Both the days, or you can tend to one of your day each. Um, the first day is going to be about myofascial essentials or myofascial training. I think we get into into that, JP. Let's um, just even before we dive right into that, let's give everyone a little bit of background. I know you, I gave you a bit of an intro and said, look, you're an educator, you've you've won a few awards, but if you can give us a bit of background, maybe specifically into the the fascia side of things, so how did you get into fascia yourself?
1: Yeah, well, I guess the it started without me even knowing. I mean, everyone listening to this is doing myofascial training, whether they are even aware that they're doing it or not, right? So for me, before I even learned anything about it, what I was doing in, like, in my personal training sessions um, back in like, you know, 07, 07, 08, um, was I, I was kind of thinking uh, a lot of these exercises don't make sense just alone, like then you need something else to kind of join stuff all together. So I was trying to look for ways of doing different trainers. So I'd be taking people out of the gym and into the squash court that was next door and I'd be getting them to move in different ways. So I was already on onto it. And I realized that being playful was also a big part of it as well, in terms of bringing the whole body into, in, you know, mind and body connected together. And then I moved to Australia from the UK and uh, moved to Australia. And, and I was able to do some training with, some of the greats like just just i I fell into this kind of place where i could do some training with ian o'dwyer michelle dalcourt i then got to um do workshops with thomas myers who wrote the book anatomy trains on which all my subsequent work has pretty much been based in terms of that's our kind of text as it were the anatomy text that will then go from so when i got into that and i was supposed to say it just made complete sense because you know it's, it's like okay then so we're not just muscular bodies. Once you once you realise that and you've been exposed to that, that takes your head on a whole heap of other explosions. But here's the thing: Thomas Myers is he's um comes from the manual therapy background, not a movement background. Yes, he, you know he's he loves yoga, but he's he's essentially he's a highly skilled massage therapist and international global teacher and he's like almost like a part-time anatomist that doesn't necessarily mean that the transfer into movement is simple and that's where movers that's that's where movers like me come in and say how do we translate this stuff this anatomy stuff this manual therapy stuff and actually make it relevant for movers
0: there we go now i want to go a bit deeper on your story there as well jp let us know because you at this stage here, were you still doing personal training sessions or when did you kind of move? Because now you're more education. Are you solely education at the moment?
1: I'm education and mentoring coaching. So mindset, mindset stuff, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Tell us about that. When did you when did you kind of have that switch around?
1: Yeah, there's an interesting kind of jump off point, isn't it? You have to kind of is is that you gotta build up enough volume in order to make the shift, as it were. But yeah, I've been personal trainer, I qualified at uh, the beginning of oh six. And it was like that for me right through to 2019. I was still doing one-on-one sessions and group stuff. Um, to this day, I'm still I, I, what I call a movement consultant. So people come to me because of my background in what I know with the myofascial training plus health wellness mindset stuff, people come to me who have had a chronic issue. And I can normally, within two hours, I can actually um, find the source of that and send them on their way with the solution. Wow. So that's my, that's my thing now if I see people one-on-one. But I will only see between two and four people a month one-on-one. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is education and mentoring. Um, but from 2006 through to uh, 2010, I was personal training group and, and group working out of big box gyms. Then I went into my own studio and I did a few years just me on my own in a studio. But at that point, that's when I became a master trainer in things like Viper, Sandbell, um, power plate vibration training, Freeform board. Um, I did this um, a couple of years after that. I was a master trainer for Throwdown, which is functional rig training. So I've done a lot of master trainerships and that got me into the conferences, you know, presenting different things at conferences, at, you know, very practical sessions. This is how you use this. This is how you might do this. But as that was going on, I was building my knowledge on what was the foundation underneath that, what was behind that. You know, and, and it was my actual training. So it, it became meat and drink to me because I was physically doing it. So I just wanted to understand more. And then come 2015, I then started my own mentorship programs of uh, what I call a movement mentorship, next level movement mentorship. So that's grown and grown. And really, it was the movement mentorships that started winning the awards because what happened then was I was able to coach people through understanding an entire movement system that was then meaning that they were making massive impacts in terms of creating change in their clients, um, improving performance, massive, you know, um, goals were being reached. And they themselves, like the, the year that I won Educator of the Year, seven of my students were finalists in five other categories. So, so it, it kind of gives, it, it speaks to the, to the fact that this is really powerful education along the way. So that, that was what was going on. 2019, just to finish the answer to your question, was when I shifted because I had a studio then where I had several people working out of my studio. It was um, it was getting to that point where I was away more than I was back um, teaching. I had a big following on the education side. I loved it. I still, love, I still love seeing clients, but I loved it so much. I'm like, this is where I want to take it. So I actually closed down my studio and took a room where I could film and see clients and and then write and create education and um, obviously do mentoring sessions either online or um, or in person. So since 2019, I've been full-time in in that role.
0: There we go. Now, let's get into the myofascial side of things, JP. Just before mm. you, you mentioned that a lot of people, or not a lot, like people now seek you out and say, hey, I've got this chronic condition, and within mm. two hours you can... Um, Figure out what it is, and also get them on the way to the solution. Is that from myofascial training? So that's from.
1: Um, funny enough, the the stuff that's the most powerful with that is um, from another course that you guys are releasing um, okay. uh, with me uh, later on in the month. Which is, I am I've got a specific appraisal system that I use and um, myofascial mobility. So it comes from the mobility section from that. So. It, we go anatomy appraisal, you know, which is basically move, movement screen. And then from that, we know where people have issues. We can then apply a myofascial approach to the mobility that we give them. And that brings people out of all sorts of conditions. The training part, which is what I'm going to be going through on uh, the 27th, Friday the 27th of May, and of course, is available on the Myofascial Training Essentials course is actually to augment, stabilise, strengthen, bring performance, whatever that might be, to being a mum or to being a professional athlete or to returning after an injury or coming back because you're an older adult and you've never really looked after yourself. That's what the training is all about. But it's like then how do we we train people from the myofascial perspective because it sounds so otherworldly and alien.
0: Let's take a quick break. right now awesome well, well let's dive into that maybe before we get to the training side of things jp what is fascia what is myofascial training what yeah i mean
1: it's the perfect place to start isn't it like so the words myofascial as a, as a word myo refers to muscle fascial refer- refers to connective tissue so you've got myofascial it's the combined approach effectively a lot you'll hear of you will have heard of fascial fitness where they kind of focus more on the connective tissue side of things i, I want to unify basically so my fascial training is, is where where my strength is because we got to understand the interplay between muscles and connective tissue if you are doing muscular training you don't know that you're also doing fascial training too you're actually doing my myofascial training the thing that i love is that instead of thinking of the body as 600 and something 630 separate muscles what it actually is is that each of those muscles is is surrounded in connective tissue it has connective tissue running through it think of a slice of meat you know look at all the white that's through it there's all your connective tissue so it it goes around it like a bag it attaches it to the bone um, and you get this overall unitary bag as well so thomas myers would say it's not 630 muscles Doing separate things around the body, it's actually one muscle in 630 bags within a unitary bag. Now, if you think you're covered in this stuff everywhere, it's you've got to going to go. Well, what effect does that have on muscular actions? And it's enormous, right? Because what we're not is okay. Then here, here is our gastro. It does this. Yeah, it does, but it's actually part of the calf complex, which is part. Of something called a, a myofascial line which goes from the plantar fascia for example comes over the heel bone doesn't stop at the heel bone goes over the heel bone becomes the achilles tendon which becomes a calf complex the tendons of the calf complex this is just one line right mm. the tendons of the calf complex join to the tendons of the hamstrings the hamstrings go up the tendon for the hamstring goes across the sacred tubes ligament mm. and joins physically joins to the erectors the erectors go all the way up to the back of the head to the splenius capitis, and it joins at, at the base of the skull there the occiput and then turns into scalp fascia so a, like a skin that goes over the skull and finishes at your eyebrow ridge your eyebrow ridge mm-hmm. all the way through to your toes in one continuous chain of tissue so it's not lots of separate muscles working independently it's one big elastic band mm-hmm. so that's why i like i like to talk to people about You're dealing with an elastic band here and another elastic band there. How do they work and how do you effectively train them? But what effect do they have on each other? That is is really interesting because you realize that what we we learn from anatomy books is the opposite of what actually happens in reality in life and sport for about at least 50% of the time. So I want to teach people the whole training approach as opposed to the 50% that we learn through the muscular training effect. By the way, I'm not dissing muscular training at all, right? I'm saying, hey, it's great. Let's augment that knowledge with more knowledge, not what you know is wrong. It's like, no, this, you, what you know is all right. I'm going to give you more rights to the right that you already have, you know?
0: Gotcha. Now, JP, can you give us maybe an example of that? So I think that's great, kind of um, in theory, right? Yeah. The, the benefit for someone if someone's listening to that, they're like, okay, that's great. How? What do I do different with my training, or how does that affect my training?
1: Cool. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing with muscular training. This is, this is one of the the big things that I really like to talk about, and it, and and I'll try to describe it as best I can because it it sometimes kind of takes a bit of head scratching and a a little bit of time for just like the penny to drop. But for example, let's say we're doing um, bicep curls, right? Bicep curls are a classic example of what they call a contractile exercise. Your muscle contracts, it shortens under tension. So the more force you're putting in, as the force goes in, you're shortening the tissue under tension, right? On the front of the arm, effectively. So that action and a shortening of the tissue is what happens in a lot of weight training movements. You know, we lay on our back and we push the bar away. Our pecs and the front of our arms are shortening under tension, right? So a whole heap of those gym movements will do exactly that. When the most force goes in, it shortens the tissue. Now we are made up of of hundreds of joints. Those joints, what happens if that happens repetitively? Those joints get closer together because we're teaching our body to be strong means to be short. So we're giving it repetitive actions to shorten those tissues. And of course, if you decrease the range, range in between lots of joints, at some point, there's gonna be a range of motion issue or pain somewhere along the line. With life and sport movements, what you'll find is actually, if you pick something up and put it on a shelf, you're stabilizing that load and it gets heavier and heavier in terms of its force profile, the closer you lift it onto that shelf, i.e., the further away from your body it gets. Mm -hmm. So the most force enters the system when it's furthest away, when the tissues are at their longest. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if I were to bring, you know, this thing, let's say I've got a dumbbell. In fact, instead of bicep curling, I've got it in my hands in front of my chest with both hands on it. And I take that dumbbell from there where my tissues are short and then I take them out to my right-hand side and reach them to arm's length and bring them back. The most force goes into my body when it's the furthest away from my body. As my tissues shorten, that load gets easier, i.e. that force into the body gets easier. So what we're teaching there is more loaded movement, which is more applicable to life and sport because, and then of course, is teaching the body ah. I also need to be able to accept force into my body at length as well. And when my joints are open. So therefore, with a myofascial training approach, you can actually open up your body. You can feel more free at the end of a myofascial training session than at the start. And I, and I felt the difference because I spent years doing traditional weight training, what we'll call traditional weight training, gym training, say. So. And then this kind of myofascial loaded movement training, you know, much more, I'd almost call it freedom training with load. And what I found myself, um, what I found my body doing was I used to be as tight as anything. And The older I've got, the more open my body's become. So in recent years, I've been able to do things like, take take up things like animal flow, which I couldn't have done when I was 25, right? Because I was just too tight because I'm just gym training the whole time right so it's it opens up your body and it gives you strength at length it's what i would call length tension training as opposed to eccentric training which i do make a slight difference about so that's one of the big things is that we're training the body in multiple directions uh main, not maintaining but actually managing forces from lots of different angles at lots of different distances and directions from the body now that's life and sport. So Mm -hmm. we're training for life and sport when it comes to that, but we're also improving the health of our body. And the way the tissues are arranged, guess what? They're in multi-directional lines, not straight up and down lines, which is how we, again, tend to train in the gym. So, again, it sounds terrible. It sounds like I'm really gym bashing here, and I'm absolutely not. I'm just saying all of that is great, Mm. but what else is there?
0: Yeah, well, I've got a couple – and I agree 100%, JP. My background's in boot camp as well, right? And yep. if you look at any sort of standard boot camp, it's like, all right, what's the workout? Push ups, squats, mm-hmm. lunges, um, sit ups, a plank, you know, can all be good exercises, but yep. it's the one plane, it's the one chain, you know, it's the one position, mm-hmm. pair, right? So, follow up question with that. You, can, you used a good example there explaining it. Um, can you get, let me kind to ask this. So, for the listeners that may not be able to watch you here, are there mm-hmm. any, traditional exercises or traditional-ish exercises that start to work in, in those myofascial areas? So someone could listen to this and be like, oh, I get how, I'll throw one out there. Like, would you say a side lunge is getting more myofascial training than a reverse lunge? Or what's your kind of take? Or like, um, yeah, run me through your take on Yeah, the sure. One. I mean, they're
1: all myofascial is the is the first thing. But um, for it to be a, a myofascial movement, it tends to be whole body, multi-directional and elastic right so you've got to think yourself okay then so if you are going in and out of a movement you are you're definitely training myofascially so any form of lunge is myofascial training Mm. but a lot of forward and reverse lunges are sagittal plane yeah so so we're hammering the sagittal plane because even just even in a desk job people are hammering the sagittal plane so they're standing i'm sitting down a lot right and they're they're holding their hands out in front of them sort of thing So if anything that we can three-dimensionalize that with straight away, we're getting into more of that myofascial approach. So yes, if you do a lateral lunge, you are already introducing different planes of motion to it. But what I might do is go, okay, then if you did, if it was a lunge thing, what I would love to see people doing is something like a ward. So in other words, put an external force on them. So if they're taking a lunge and then they, push against a a boxing bag or against another person at the end of that lunge, what you'll find is if they're, if they're tall in the lunge is you get that extra activation throughout the system at length. So I've got length tension training, three-dimensional whole body, you know, normally then we get an elastic movement in and out. And then we get this other beautiful element, which is you're bringing their attention. So you're bringing their state into the moment. And that, that is a, that's just an added bonus with a lot of this type of training is because you're doing whole body, in, which is more mentally engaging. They're actually being brought into the present moment. And being brought into the present moment means that a lot of that kind of, you know, what they call the anxiety of the future and the depression of the past, that all disappears. And they're actually right there trained. So they're actually getting, they're going into a kind of like a flow state scenario or literally they're having a holiday from everything else that's going on in life because they are so very present in the moment
0: instead of doing 100 star jumps right
1: well exactly yeah i mean that's the thing i am I'm, I'm more than happy to 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 incorporate someone would have asked me the other day in melbourne say how can i my facial mm. like star jumps yep. man i let me let me give you 10 other versions of, of the way you can in one bring of your that workshops. In. you know
0: what i mean you did that in one of your workshops and yeah. it ended up being bum tag I don't know if it was myofascialized but like you know it was still like okay, how can we add things to it to make it yeah. more interesting
1: exactly yeah yeah and that again we were we were making a more of a myofascial challenge for the body to to take on except i mean the, the one thing i've probably not mentioned is what you might call in inverted commas natural movement is also myofascial movement like it, it just they, those two things those two concepts kind of fit together you know, the way that we would kind of designed, set up to move, this is what I'm trying to
0: teach. Awesome. Love it. And I think there's so many rabbit holes we could go there. It's just like, oh, I should ask him about morning to, to, to go deeper there. I should ask him about flow state to go deeper there. People listening, they are good things. I would recommend listening as well. Um, but we're a bit short on time and I want yeah. to also do next week's episode, JP, sure. uh, we'll just do a couple of closing questions. So if someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, I want to learn more about this myofascial sort of stuff, obviously Melbourne's, um, the best thing to do, check mm-hmm. the links below, check out Melbourne. You've also got an online course that people can do JP specifically to this. And I'll, I'll, um, well, you get that if you do the live one anyway um what about what are some other resources people could go to to hear more about myofascial training yeah
1: i mean so there's um there's a guy called robert schleip so um and fascial fitness so let me just spell that so schleip is s-c-h-l-e-i-p so robert schleip so he's he's famous for what they what he termed the term fascial fitness so he's very much um, someone that I've, I've, I've read a couple of his um, books, for example, uh, and that's very much focusing in on that kind of con- connective tissue element to training and what, you know, what the parameters are. And it was very interesting reading his most recent book, which, was, which is Fascia and Sport and Movement. Mm-hmm. And I, as I read through the chapters that are in that book, and he's got contributors from all over, it fits completely with everything that I'm teaching. So we're still very up to date. Like in in a way, we're a, we're ahead of the curve when it comes to to knowing this. And this is one of the things that this this is an understanding that everyone will have in the future, but we're teaching now. Um, so that would be a good thing. The uh, anything by anatomy trains just to get an idea of, you know, what is this anatomy and, and where does it go. And then probably the Institute of Motion in in San Diego would be the other place to kind of connect with in terms of training modalities that fit really well with this understanding.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, JP, awesome to chat. Uh, For everyone listening, so JP is running his workshop the 27th and the 28th. 27th is going to be all about myofascial training, similar to what we spoke about today, but obviously a lot more detail. Uh, And then the next day or the Saturday will be all about recovery, we're also going to uh, record a podcast that will release next week, sp- speaking specifically about those strategies. But if you're interested in coming along to the workshop, the link will be in the show notes. JP, anything I should have asked you but forgot to or anything you want to finish us off with?
1: I mean, I think we've 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 done a nice little intro as to the basics b- behind that really, really well. I would just say um, learning about this in person and actually feeling it in your body as I take you through a couple of... Uh, drills for you to feel it in your body Mm -hmm. um it's going to be really really powerful so whether you do that in in the online course you join me in melbourne on the 27th um it's it's a powerful thing you to understand it just in your mind is one thing but this Mm -hmm. is much better experienced in your own body and i can take you through that and i know absolutely that i will use your body to prove what i'm saying
0: yeah, I'll just piggyback off that. The one myofascial session I did go to was in San Diego in America for an idea convention. I can't remember the exact drill, but I'm sure you know it, like the back of your hand, JP, you'll probably do it on the day. Because it, it was that line you were talking about. We did some exercise where we lifted our eyebrows up and down and then we did some squats or like some some flossing of our knees and then we did it again and it was easy. I can't remember the ins and outs, but it was, you know, the drill I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I'm sure you'll cover it on um, on Friday.
1: Yeah, I've got a I've got a, a few just to uh, to get people to to feel what what changes happen in their own body. There's nothing like your own body telling you what's going on, so that you actually understand it. What I would call, it, you know, it's almost like you understand it at the cellular level, not at the mind level.
0: awesome. All right, JP. Uh, we'll see you next week. Pleasure, mate. See ya. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans?